0: friends, so before everything happened with COVID-19, we were in the middle of our None of year business series, and we didn't end up getting to the very last week, and so we just wanted to record the podcast for you guys as a resource. So the last week, we are going to be talking about how boundaries are good and boundaries are powerful. So, um, Let's talk about temptation. When we're presented with something that we really, really want, it's hard not to give into that temptation um, to go for it and get it. I remember when I was younger, we used to get Papa Murphy's pizzas on like Friday nights like on the weekends, and usually we'd get one of those tubs of cookie dough, and this is before you could buy like raw cookie dough that had like no raw eggs in it or anything, and it wasn't um, super safe to eat raw, but I loved cookie dough and I still love cookie dough but I remember that sometimes we'd get that type of cookie dough from Papa Murphy's and I would want to eat like the entire thing and I would just keep going back into the kitchen and like sneaking bites of it and then we'd have like no cookie dough left to make um the cookies. And I just remember that like I was always super tempted to eat all of it. Um here's something that I think that we all know. The is real and we can be tempted by so many things in our lives. So um, in this series, we've talked about things that um, many, if not all of us, are tempted by, and that's sex. While it's normal to feel tempted by sexual thoughts, desires, and even sexual acts, we've been learning that sex was created by God to take place within a marriage. God made sex, and it's good, and it's important that we learn to treat sex within the context of His perfect design. And that's where temptation comes into play. We may know that sex is good, but we can be tempted to use it in a way that's not God's best for us. For some of you, this isn't new information. You know exactly what kind of temptation I'm talking about because you deal with it every single day. No matter how much you tell yourself, um, you're not going to cross certain lines with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or use technology in a certain way, or look at pornography, you still find yourself tempted, and sometimes you give in. For others of you, the temptation is a newer feeling. Your body is going through changes and you're experiencing a new curiosity about sex. And because you aren't sure what to do with that curiosity, you're tempted to explore or experiment with sex in ways that might not be God's best for your life. Or maybe you hear all this and think, this whole conversation grosses me out. I can't imagine being tempted by something like sex. And honestly, I get that too. Maybe you aren't dealing with anything specifically related to sex just yet, but you're definitely going to be tempted by other things that aren't God's best for your life. Maybe it's gossip or anger or partying. And no matter what it is that tempts you, it's so important to know how to face that temptation the right way. But when it comes specifically to sex, here's what I want you to know. The feelings or curiosity or urges that you feel, these things in and of themselves aren't bad. They're actually normal. God created us as sexual beings, and you shouldn't feel shame or guilt or fear over those things. Remember, sex is good. It was designed by God, and He created us to desire it. So, the fact that you might find yourself curious about it or even wanting to experience it isn't wrong. But remember, God also created it to happen within the context of commitment, within the context of marriage. That was part of His design, too. And that's what makes sex and temptation so tricky, We're designed to want it, but then we can't have it until we're married, so we're just supposed to fight the temptation until then. I mean, everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is experiencing it or exploring it, so can giving in to the temptation to do it the same um, really be that wrong? Sometimes it feels hopeless. It feels like you're never going to be able to resist, and if you do, is it really worth it? Basically, the question is this, when it comes to temptation and sex, how do we really know what we're supposed to do? I know this might sound like the cliche thing to say, but I think we can start finding answers about what to do with with the temptation of sex by looking to the Bible. After all, this isn't a new issue. The idea of sex and God's plan for it and our temptation with it has been a conversation for a really long time. Sometimes the most helpful thing for us to do is to look at scripture to be reminded that we aren't the first ones to deal with this. In a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian people about struggling with the temptation of sex, he said, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. If you were here for the second week of our series, and this verse is familiar, Paul's wisdom is just so good here that we had to look at it twice, so let's break this down. When the What's the first word that Paul used here? Run. You don't tell someone to run from something that doesn't have the potential to harm them, right? You don't run from, like, a bunny rabbit or, um, like, your friend when you see them or, um, like, I don't know, (laughs) but you do run from things like that monster in Stranger Things, or if you're playing football and there's someone trying to tackle you, like you run from those things. Um, Why? Because those things have the potential to hurt you. And sexual sin is the same way. So instead of tiptoeing around it or walking the line, Paul urged us to run, to go full speed away from the temptation of sex outside of God's design. Because as he put it, no other sin affects the body the way this one does. Which makes sexual sin different. It's not a worse sin, it's just that it's really, really powerful. Powerful in a different way than any other sin. How? Paul said that other sins affect us on the outside, but sexual sin affects us affects a lot more of us. Because sex isn't just physical, it engages the body, the mind, the heart, and the emotions. That makes it risky and that's why God is so clear on the safest place for sex to happen in a committed marriage. Because sex connects to you at the core of who you are. And when mistreated, sex not only affects all of you, it affects all of the other person. In other words, Paul told us to run because the potential for hurt and pain and regret for everyone involved is so high. He wasn't writing to kill our fun, he was writing to protect us and protect others. But that doesn't make running from sexual temptation easy. So Paul went on, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19-20. through What I think Paul meant here is simply this. We are all God's creation, and we should use our bodies to honor Him. We should respect the way that he's created each of us by the way that we treat others and ourselves. So if we're doing something with our bodies or looking at someone else's body in a way that doesn't honor God or the other person, it's risky. We run the chance of hurting ourselves and others when we don't run from sexual immorality. Let me pause here to expand on this scripture a little bit more. This passage means that nobody has rights to your body but you. Nobody has permission to treat you and your body as anything other than God's creation. Something to be respected and honored. Since God gave you your body, and He loves you so much, He doesn't want anyone to disrespect or dishonor it. It hurts Him when you're hurt. So, if you've been abused or mistreated, know that that is not okay. It's not God's plan, and you should talk to a trusted adult about what you're going through. Because God made us... We should use our bodies in a way that respect the design he has for both ourselves and others. And to help us do that, to help us resist the temptation to use our bodies in ways other than how God designed for them to be used, God gives us with the Holy Spirit. When we decide to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us and helps us as we try to follow the way that God calls us to live. And why does that matter? Because with the Holy Spirit, we have the power to overcome temptation we aren't powerless or hopeless. We're ready to face whatever comes our way. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to let us know when we're walking towards something that isn't God's best, and that's called conviction. Some people refer to conviction as your conscience, and no matter where we're at with our faith journey right now, I think we've all experienced our conscience alerting us to something that might not be the best for us. Sometimes it feels like that stinking, weighty, like, uh-oh feeling. And when we experience that conviction, we can choose to move a different way, to make a different choice, to turn away from temptation with God's help. And the cool thing is, the more we listen to that conviction from the Holy Spirit, the more we listen to our conscience, the easier it will be in the future to recognize it. Like I said, we're all going to face temptations when it comes to sex and sexual things. That's normal. But understand why God wants us to turn from these temptations and knowing um, he gives us the help to do that. It's key to making the kind of choices that honor God, others, and ourselves. And God promises that he will help. Check out what Paul said about this very topic. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out So that you can endure. That's 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Did you catch that? When you're facing a temptation, God will show you a way out. God's on your side and you're never powerless. He wants you to beat temptation. And when you're being tempted, he'll show you how to get out of it. God wants you to experience sex the way he intended within the context of marriage. And he'll help you fight to defend that. His very spirit living inside of you can help you. Maybe the way out will be that sinking feeling in your stomach that you just can't shake when you're a few clicks further than you should be online. Maybe it's the phone call from your parents in a tempting moment. Maybe it's your small group leader checking in to see how you're doing. I'm not sure what the way out will be for you, but God will show you one. And when he does, take it. Like Paul said, run. As a middle schooler, you're going to face temptations when it comes to sex. And that's not bad, but... Understanding why God wants us to turn from those temptations and knowing he'll help us is key to being able to defeat them when they happen. It's key to protecting us from making decisions that can hurt ourselves and others long term. So as a middle schooler, what does this look like? How can you run from sexual sin, honor God with your body, and defend against temptation when it comes? Well, I think one of the best ways is to start to set up boundaries. Um, So, I just want you guys to imagine, like, a dog. Um, And uh, most owners try to keep their dogs safe by putting them in a fenced yard. Remember, boundaries are good and boundaries are powerful. At first, a fence might seem frustrating and limiting. I mean, most dogs I know would love to just run free, chasing squirrels and running after people all day. Um, But here's the thing, if dogs were allowed to be on their own and do whatever they wanted, they would potentially be in a lot of danger. So owners use fences to help dogs avoid getting hit by cars, getting attacked by other aggressive dogs, and getting lost. The fence isn't meant to keep the dog from having any fun or following its natural behaviors. The fence gives the dog a stopping point and helps it behave in a way that's safe, secure, and protected. Boundaries can do the same thing for us when it comes to sex. Because boundaries are good and boundaries are powerful, they can protect you from making unwise choices when it comes to sex. They can let you know when you're getting too close to the edge. They give you a stopping point to keep you safe. And when something or someone tempts or tests your boundaries when it comes to sex, then that's when you know it's time to run. And like a fence, boundaries are best if you put them up ahead of time. If your dog escapes out the back door and there isn't a fence to contain it, There's nothing stopping it from running into traffic or getting lost. And that's why fences are put up in advance. They're in place because the dog's owner knows that it's important. The fence is there before it's actually needed. Boundaries work the same way. So this week and in this next time, um, set some boundaries for yourself when it comes to temptation related to sex. Maybe you need to decide that you won't have a computer in your room or go to bed with your phone nearby so that you can avoid the temptation to look at sexual things online. That's a boundary. Or maybe you decide not to be alone with your boyfriend or girlfriend if your parents aren't home. That's another boundary. Maybe you decide to talk to someone else, a trusted friend, an adult, maybe your small group leader, once a week about the temptations that you're struggling with so that they can check in on you and encourage you. That's a boundary. And again, that goes for things outside of sex, too. And this time, if you're tempted by other things, um, you can still put those same boundaries in play to protect yourself. Sometimes it can be difficult to figure out what boundaries we need to set for ourselves. It's hard to know where to put those limits on our lives. Well, let me give you this piece of advice. If you're asking, how far can I go? You probably need to set a boundary and rethink your approach to avoiding temptation, Instead of trying to figure out how close you can get without crossing the line, instead ask, how can I honor God, myself, and others in this? Think about how you can use that situation in a way that follows God's plan for sex instead of seeing how far you can push the boundary. Switch your mindset and you'll find that it's a lot easier to figure out where and how to set your personal boundaries. My challenge to you is this. Set some boundaries. Think about the ways that sexual sin tempts you or other things tempt you. Think about the times and the places when it happens most often. Think about the people that you hang out with who encourage you toward temptation. Think about what you want for your relationship with God, others, and yourself, both today and in the future. Then set some boundaries that help you get there. Set boundaries that protect you from going too far toward temptation, because boundaries are good and boundaries are powerful. Thank you guys for sticking with us while we cover um, this really important stuff that applies to our lives now and in the future. Remember, when it comes to sex, God has a plan and design for how we experience it. We can choose to honor Him, ourselves, and others when it comes to how we think about it and approach the act of sex and sexual things. And don't forget that everyone in our youth ministry, especially your small group leaders, They're here to support you and answer your questions about anything, including sex. So don't be shy about opening up to them. So moving forward, uh, I want you to think about this question. What's one example of a boundary that I could set for myself moving forward? We missed you guys. We hope that this was helpful for you. Um, Again, let us know if you have any questions or reach out to your small group leader this week if there's things that are tempting you that you would um, just like prayer for and would like some guidance on. We love you guys and we'll talk to you soon.